Hey everyone, it's Joseph again from Team Tatro, and we're here again with another episode of Tatro Radio. Today we have another interview show, this time with Fidele. Um, everyone from Italy, please forgive me if I did not pronounce that perfectly, but um, he is an amazing DJ and producer who's played in a lot of amazing clubs and released a ton of music, and he's very well known for his signature style. And just remember that these interviews happen live every Tuesday at youtube.com slash Tatro. And if there is not an interview, then there will be a call-in show. So if you have any questions for Tatro, uh, prepare them, tune into the call-in show, and you can ask your questions. But without further ado, let's get into the interview. Our guest today is an amazing Italian DJ producer, has played amazing clubs, amazing venues, has so many releases under his belt. Um, let's go ahead and introduce him, our guest, uh, Fidele. Welcome. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, everyone. I'm, What's up? I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Um, today, it's a special occasion because you actually have a pro sessions coming up with 343 Labs, which we'll talk about later. Um, so if folks like what they hear from our guest today, you can actually learn with him over the course of a weekend, um, which I think is a cool opportunity. But let's talk about that later. And, um, you know, one of the ways I like to start these interviews is by asking the artist, the guest, like, what how do you define yourself because i gave you a really short intro there dj producer i feel like that doesn't encapsulate quite everything you do but when people ask you like hey what do you do what do you tell them yeah first of all i consider myself uh a real music lover that's for sure that's important Uh, yeah that's uh that's the main thing then i consider myself someone who strongly believed in and that's kind of a dream we always had you know when, when you're yeah. kind of a kid and then you want to get into music and then you want to try to to do this for the rest of your life and then achieve some some goals and then you know like you make it and then you're so so happy and proud of yourself in a way um is that how you feel is that the but, moment you're in is that like the stage you're in uh, in your life you look back you feel proud you feel like I've, I've, yeah i mean i've done some some of those things but uh yeah there's so much more to achieve always like, building yeah yeah it's always like because when you once you start is it's like an addiction you know you start from a sure. point you want to reach something and then you reach it and then you are like okay what so what i played i don't know like an amazing club or amazing festival and then i played awakening so it's like wow this is my dream blah blah, blah. And then it was like okay but so what i want to be now i want to play time word i want to play this yes. and that you know like it's always uh, putting some more uh, steps, and then that's how you reach like uh, better and better goals. Yeah, I I think it, it's it's an interesting process, like being an artist in that mindset. I have a very similar mindset. Like you, you have goals, you achieve them, but it's never just like okay, now it's over. It's always like, what's the next goal? What's the next thing yeah, I want to exactly. go for? Have you always been like that? Like early on in your like musical endeavors or in your life were you always like super ambitious and goal-driven and you know wanting to accomplish these big things yeah i mean i always been like super ambitious like uh, i never wanted to stop to crave for something and to to look for you know like that it's it's a kind of a emotion as well you get from uh achieving your goals you get more secure 
uh, of yourself, you acknowledge what you what you can do, and uh, it's a it's a nonstop thing, you know. It's uh it's always like this is like kind of a drive that pushes people to, yeah. to you know like to to go ahead and do what they do. Like I think it's the same for for you or other like even like young artists. But like an advice is always like never put like a limit. There's never a limit. I never would have imagined like I come from Italy, yeah, which is like super small city, and then you know like someone calls you to go play in Australia. For me, it was like mind blowing. Yeah, yeah, I was like, it's really happening. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, that means that there's never like really something that you cannot do. You just have to believe and go for it. Like no matter what, you know, like you have to, yeah, have to make it. Let's talk about how all this started, because I, I look at your setup there. You've got all your cool gear. Um, you're yeah. chilling. You, you mentioned like being from Italy. What I, I think about this all the time with a lot of my guests who are into music production and electronic music. You want to get into music, and if you go to a music store, not only is it very easy to buy a guitar or like a drum set or something, but it's also very easy to learn those things. So I wonder, like, when you were first like inspired or first getting started to get into electronic music like how did that all start who introduced you to it how did you even start learning how to do some of this stuff so basically my my history it's about like i was a young dj like not even a dj someone who wanted to be a dj you know okay. like when i was like really really young and uh funny thing i was like going to clubs like at the age of like, I don't know, I was like around, it was 2005, I was around 12. There was like this uh, super uh, uh, party for young kids, like from- Oh, like a, midnight. Like yeah. a kids like, club. Yeah, like a school party kind of. Yeah. So once I got in, once I got in there with my cousin, he was like the one brought me, brought me there for the first time. I was like amazed and shocked by what the dj was doing because at the time i remember there was this record this was the, the most shocking things okay i saw this guy playing a record from uh master the works like uh uh it's it's like a samba groove something like that it's nice uh, some sites say you know like this track and then this guy was playing with a cappella of gets knock from roman <laughs> on top even uh, I don't know Rune Calabria and stuff like that. It was playing, and the people were were going nuts. So I was like, "Wow, I wanna do this," you know? Like, so what I was doing is like going to clubs, standing completely right next to the DJ and just watching wow. all the time, all the time, not doing anything else, not drinking, not smoking, nothing, just being there, sitting there or standing and just watching. And then you know, like after after what after what a couple of times i went i went to i went back home and then i you know like i bought my first turntables that's great so you started and learning then, on turntables yeah and then started experimenting with that and doing even the same things i was watching you know the night before yeah so and then you know like then you, you i started to realize okay i i know to do this but you know now i want to do it my way yeah so i was changing stuff so for example i was using different acapellas and stuff like that then after that, once, you know, I realized I could be able to DJ, I start proposing myself to clubs and this kind of parties. Yeah. And of course, I started from a different kind of music. I started from a hip hop. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I was like, you know, like jumping from this, you know, like this genre to another one. 
and then I, 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 I stepped into productions because I before we get my, there, can we talk about, yeah. uh, can we just hone in on something a little bit? Because I think it's yeah, inspiring sure. the way you talked about like seeing this DJ and literally just watching this DJ do everything that they were doing, getting your yeah. own turntables and then trying to just recreate it and then put your own spin on it. Like, were you just completely self-taught in that way where you were just like observing and then applying and then problem solving from there? Like, yeah, I've, I've, I've done everything by my own. Like I have no one in my family doing music and uh, no one could teach me about that, you know, like, right. And, uh, but then, you know, like I started from a, from a software at the time I was using virtual DJ. Okay. Like <laughs> super basic. Right. And you, you could change even the, uh, uh, the covers you could use different you know like at the time you could change the skins and then Very you know cool. like I was experimenting and you know there was one thing I never got really straight away the first time I was watching it was the pitch uh, from the CDJs right and I was like how this does it work nobody told me so I was like but then I found out myself with yeah. the program I started and I saw like it was like pitching up and down so, you know, like in a way, I, I, I figured out myself that the, the mechanism was this one. And then, you know, like I started doing it with that. And then I passed to the, to the turntables once I got the, the technique. I feel like some of everything you just described is getting a little bit lost today because today you can look yeah. up a tutorial and everything. And I think that's simultaneously like a great thing, but also like a kind of not so great thing because people don't have the experience of reverse engineering which is kind of like why i even started my channel because even when i started there were lots of very cool sessions on youtube but not a lot of cool instructional like tutorial content so i wanted to reverse engineer some of the cool stuff which i was already doing but show people how to do it and now i feel there's so much showing that people don't acquire that same skill anymore of having to reverse engineer and figure things out for themselves. Because when you do that, you kind of not only do you discover how the person was doing something, but you also discover new ways or your own ways or like new things that people haven't before. Exactly. And then you, I think also your brain get affected by this thing in some way. Sure. So you get, it's like, um, I don't know. It's like a part of a brain, like it's a creative or I don't know, discovering like curiosity, stuff like that. It gets bigger and bigger. And this, you know, like this thing helped me out a lot in the production as well later on. But I will, I will tell you more like about, yeah. about how I use this kind of things also in the production because sure. everything is about figuring out. I mean, if you figure out yourself, it's better in a way. You know, like, Absolutely. of course, it's, it, it's easier when someone tells you, but if you reach that level that you know how to do it by yourself, you're going to feel even better and prouder of yourself. You know what I mean? And it's just easier to get stuff done if you don't have to rely on, on anybody yeah. like showing you how to do it and stuff. Uh, let's talk about that transition, though, from DJ to production world. Yeah, this was like kind of... Um, obvious i think like of course once you you start playing around and you know like you want to get into production you're, you're like okay i want to make my own record my own tracks so you know like at the time i had no one still to to, to discuss with and right. to see how you could pr produce the record so i didn't even know which which was the process like which uh software or it was a machine i didn't know anything zero so 
uh, I don't know how. I think there was a. I was a, a little bit older then, and I met uh, a DJ who came to play. It was a guest DJ. And then, then I was switching already to, to the, like the regular parties, you know. Yeah. Like uh, from midnight on, and then you know someone told me about Reason, the software. Got it. So I was like, okay, now I need to get this. <laughs> yeah. And I I've downloaded Reason, and then there was like this super weird complicated thing for me right no tutorial nothing online it could be like crazy but then you know like you figured out it was also exploring the software there was a mixer then you can you can plug and wire cables as well and then you have these machines but yeah after playing it around with it a little bit i started making some some stuff of course they were like super shit <laughs> because it was that just the beginning it's your the first beginning. yeah it's your first productions yeah but in the end you know like i was always satisfied because it was always a it's the best you can do at that time like yeah, like but can you talk more about that because i talk a, a lot about that too where it's like beginners i feel like can get very easily discouraged if the first thing they make isn't amazing like isn't like what they wanted to but if it's the best you can do at the time like that's progress for you. You can't compare yourself to like the records on the radio and stuff like that. Well, I mean, I know, but some sometimes our minds gets lost. You know, like totally. You think you you get sit on the computer and then like this, you have a hit. You know, like coming coming up from the sky. You know, like true. But it's a, it's it's a lot of work. Sometimes it works. Like we have a lot of examples of artists that can make that like they did for probably their first track ever, and then it was like a huge record but yeah it's a combination of things it's uh many th but you know like i think we all should be happy on uh with what we can do at the time where we are at now but of course we never have to be uh uh if if we want to reach a better level we have to work for it you know what i mean like we have to really push and spend time and you know like uh, eating our heads on, on the wall until, you know, like sometimes I have this, you know, like sometimes yeah. when I want to reach, like I want to make a track perfect or bigger and, you know, like I stay for weeks and then until like there's blood coming up from my ears. Yeah. You know, like but that's because, you know, like I'm, I want to reach a, a good level, you know? Totally. But, yeah. But then of course, like beginners, like once they do it, like it's okay, you know. Like it's a it's a path. You you're not starting from, you know. Not nobody, you know, is born with all the knowledge of this right. world. You have to, you have to create a kind of a baggage behind your back. Yeah. What kept you going during that? Like, what kept you from getting discouraged? What like you seem like a very positive guy with a very ambitious mindset like what how where does that come from because a lot of people can get very easily discouraged but you seem always goal driven but then always also acknowledging like your own progress and your own journey like absent of any comparison like it doesn't seem like you've spent much time comparing yourself to anybody else during this journey yeah well i mean and i try to not compare myself to anybody else because i want to first of all try to sound different than anybody else sure um, find my own way but then also about the figuring out things by yourself i also figured out that all the best producers all the best artists 
they all have something in common. They all sound unique. So instead yeah. of like, for example, making tracks, I wanna, you know, like sometimes like back in the days, I even started projects like watching what others were doing and trying to do the same to emulate a bit, to get even a bit of inspiration. But then I stopped doing this because you could get always super close to the, the reference track or whatever. But then the, the, the goal to be success, uh, successful and unique is to find out yourself your own way of making your own music. Like you have to sound like yourself, not like anybody else, you know? Totally. So you have, to, you have to learn and you have to build your own method of creating something like using your sound that you, you create by yourself. And uh, I don't know, uh, having a different way of arranging a track or I don't know, anything just that can make you unique. That's the goal. Yeah. The that, goal is not just to finish a track, it's to make a special track I, anyway, anytime, I think. That that line is perfect. It's not to just finish a track, it's to make a... I think a lot of us get caught up in just finishing a track uh, sometimes instead of you know, making something special that is inherently us. That's really yeah. cool. We have a very nice comment from Francesco Franco in the chat. It says, I have known uh, Fideli since I was little with, with the Agents of Time. He is known here in... Uh, how do I say this city? Po Puglia, Bari? Puglia. 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 Uh, because yeah. he has created a new musical movement of new music. I wish him a, a full life of music. That was a very nice Thank compliment. you. Thank you. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And if anybody That's else great. has comments, questions, please do drop them in the chat. My chat got a little bit delayed, but I'm, I'm back up. So thank you all, the folks who have just kind of hopped in and joined. I appreciate you. I see you all. Thank you. Ask your questions um, and I will relay them for sure. Uh, so that's very, very inspiring. You're getting into production. How do these two worlds fit together? Because sometimes it can feel very separate. Um, do you feel like learning the DJing aspect first and then going into production was good for you? Like, was that a good process, a good way to go about it? Well, uh, it was really a key uh, thing to make it a, a bit different. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I started, like... Uh, DJing, but at the same time, I was also like kind of helping this kind of. Uh, it was a crew of people where I was supposed to be DJing, but you know, it was not always like that. Yeah. You have to struggle and stuff, but still, at the time, you could, you could breathe a bit of club uh, structure. So you could, you know, like you could see DJs and uh, artists and blah, blah, blah. And then this made, uh, made me seen so many for example live acts or djs so even like experiencing what what would be a record that could really work on the dance floor yeah and this in a way i put this um knowledge and uh, background into my music and especially into my live set when i was playing with agents of time sure uh so the difference was simple we were, you know like sometimes you have people who makes this kind of live set but then at some point it gets boring. Right. That's because there's not that much interaction between the artist and the crowd. While when, once I, I've built my setup with them, it was we were aiming just for having like a super interactive and, you know, like um, there was the goal was to, 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 to build a setup to make a live that was like closer to a DJ set thing. It right. was giving us a lot of opportunities to 
interact with the sound and uh, and of course with the crowd. You so, know, I, I I was in the middle at the mixer, so I could decide which sound that's to go in, which sound that's to yeah. go out. And uh, yeah, I was I was even reading about some of uh, some books and stuff, and I found like uh, back in the days a really interesting um, uh, tip about the neural and uh, neurological things and sure. the music. Yeah. And there was this thing about the drop. Why why the drop it exists? Yeah. Because why does the drop it, exist? Tell us. Yeah. The drop it ex- I mean it's it's everything is physical and it's it's science. So basically we have a membrane in the ears that decompress uh once we get like like um how you say uh um enough pressure of sounds. So this membrane compress yeah. So the drops works like this. Once you cut off the base, this membrane, it relaxes itself. Yeah. It's like this and it relax. And then at some point when the base comes in again, this, this is like uh, shrinking like, like this. But in this effect brings you adrenaline in the body. That's great. I love so that. I love hearing that. It makes so yeah. much sense. So it's a it's a real physical, um, you say, uh, reaction. Yeah. Which is like you know you can apply in in the drop. You have that's why I always used to kind of filter the bass up. Yep. As much as I can, and then you know it comes stronger. Yeah. You know. So it makes sense. That's why we have all of these things. I think like approaching it like that, electronic music has such a. Um, it's easy to make electronic music that maybe sounds sterile and absent of like humanity and organics. But when you approach yeah. it like that, like that's biological, what you just described. So when you, when yeah. you're talking about creating electronic music, music for the dance floor, that is purely electronic, but built with the mindset of like humans and humanity and biology. I, I don't know. I think that that's really cool. And it comes through in the music for sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, when when we are like addicted by synths and stuff, we all say we are, you know, music produ- production is always about being a nerd, stuff like that. Why don't you want to be a, a, a more even more nerd, like getting into yeah. science, yeah. biology, technology? It's and I think it's uh it's super interesting. I mean, I always get interested by you know like this kind of scientific things. And uh, yesterday I was on the Instagram and I saw like. The first uh, n- neural synthesizer. Oh, wow. it was like, yeah, it was crazy. It was a, a page I don't even remember, but you know, like you have these machines that uh, there was a drummer playing with a microphone. It was sending inputs like via uh, microphones, and there was a big modular system interacting and responding to what it was doing. Wow, that's it was crazy. Insane. I'm yeah, I'm sure insane. you'll be one of the first to bring something like that to the club. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish I mean you, you need to have time this guy like dedicated I think 12 years of his life wow. doing this you know like it's not it's not that easy but yeah it's interesting I, I really find it interesting yeah for sure it is uh folks in the chat asking about links I have links to all uh Fidelis uh, like he's got a link tree so I put that in the chat which is cool um uh-huh. so you will find anything that you want to see um any platform you want to listen to or watch I recommend opening it up in a second tab, listening while we do this interview. Uh, I think that is a good approach. 
Um, but yes, uh, Boris in the chat also says bass drops cause dopamine levels to raise uh, to raise in the brain. Yeah, I think it's it's so much happening during the drop of a song like it it is that biological reaction that you just talked about with the membrane in the ear but then it is also like the psychological like the tension and release of the music all at the same time to just you know really make some magic i wonder if you have any um stories from the club days back when we you know were able to go outside and go to clubs and play clubs and things like that you have any very cool exciting stories of like a set you played and you're just killing it and or like what made it so great like any cool stories from from the life on the stage yeah well i mean like there are like some really cool stuff like really cool nights i remember uh but this is just really really like an old memory I, yeah. it feels like you know like it's so long i'm i'm craving i'm i'm starving to to go back to play again i believe it uh, actually i actually have a gig in uh, in december uh, for new years it's like luckily but you know like going back to tour life i mean i had some experiences like i remember really well there was a gig in colombia in bogota there was a festival it's uh, uh it's uh, the bound festival this one was for sure one of my highlights ever because this was probably maybe one of the biggest festival i played sure and uh and there was this combination of things between the sound you know like i was playing live with a band and um and uh we used to do sound checks and stuff like that this time we we just went for a line check so with the while another artist was playing we were plugging all the machines and you know, like with the headphones checking the levels and everything. Yeah. And then I don't know, I don't know why the time was sounding like dope. And I remember the 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 first the opening set, the opening track, because also we used to improvise. So it was everything, you know, spontaneous. And uh the first track was like worked like super well, like insane like people went super crazy i think i was checking videos like the other day on online there's something on youtube like people was like jumping screaming it was like insane it just hit perfectly at the time yeah this was something of to remember there was another time when i played fabric in london i remember uh there was a drop we did on the in the main room i remember like the club seems to me from the from the stage it was going down like people was jumping and yeah this was crazy um how there there are so many stuff yeah i want to ask like since you have that hybrid background of like dj and production how much of what you uh started doing became completely hybrid like how much of it was completely original music mixed with other people's music like djing like and then what is the process around around that like are you including you know external synths and external instruments um like what what was the general mindset around how you were building up a live set i guess so basically the beginning when i started like we i didn't have like that much synthesizers just that like i think i had a moog like little fatty which is this this one here mm-hmm. still, still i still have it then i had uh one drum machine and uh, it was the M- MFB dance bar, the red one, super small, yeah, super tiny. And then I got a Nordlead 2X plus, you know, like the computer. Then I started producing, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like getting into to the step. I was like, okay, I want to perform live. How do I get there? How do I do, you know, like things that, like that. And then, you know, I remember the time um, I was, I started uh, gigging live with the computer 
Okay. And then on the side, I was laying up there or just substituting, uh, substituting the uh, melodies or, you know, bass lines or whatever. I was playing the SH-101 with a, I would call it like carpet of sounds, like they were going in the background. Yeah. So with, with the sync, I was using like, I think TR-8 and SH-101, like, and layered stuff up on that. But then once I've, you know, like I experienced a lot of parties, festivals, whatever, I felt I could be able to improvise. Yeah. So like with the other, like with my partner, like we, we removed the computers. And so we, we started from scratch, full analog, only machines. Like we were three, of course. So I was the, uh, I mean, the drummer, like the, and, and, and I'm in the mixer. So I will choose which sounds going in and out and, uh, and also use some synthesizers. But then, you know, like what really helped us was like the gears, like because once the, the Artura Beatstep Pro came out, yep, you could you could save in some you know sequences and things like that. So it was kind of easy to totally even reperform your your tracks. But then also it, it depends from the the way you produce in the studio because if you are able to uh, produce in the way you perform yep then it makes it much much more easier totally like it's it's hard to for example bring a track you made like super complicated and stuff and to perform it live right without you it just so being many... a track playing in the background yeah. or something yeah so if you have so many effects and stuff you know you have to figure it out how to perform and of course you're not able to do everything from scratch you know yeah you of have course to take care only about i don't know a bass or drums but you cannot like redo the track exactly the same you know? yeah so does it drive some of the creative process uh were you creating tracks specifically with the stage in mind and did that influence you know were you then producing maybe in a more simple way than you would a full-on just regular production that wasn't meant to be performed i mean i will i will take care also about the way i would perform the track of course but you know like mainly the most important things in the track, I have to think that I have to perform it live. Yep. But this, this is always uh, a matter of, for example, once you get to a certain level and you want people to recognize, recognize your, your tracks, then you have to do it. But if you're, you know, like if you want to just play live in a club, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. But, you know, like I'm talking about when I did like gigs for 10,000 people you know on the stage and they know my track and they want to hear it live so right. you have to you have to you know like put your brain and say okay i, I need to perform this track yeah. i mean not necessarily but you know like of course if someone pays the tickets to go listen to your show then you want to hear that you want to deliver imagine, the thing that they're yeah. looking forward to hearing yeah and many imagine you go to i don't know Depeche Mode concert and they don't do the track that you like. Yeah, like, of course. You get disappointed, you know? Yeah. Which do you prefer? Do you prefer the more improvisational stuff or do you prefer playing more of like the, the recognizable tracks? I definitely like to the improvisational part. Right. Because I don't like, to be honest, in general, like to to get uh, to make things easier. You know, like it's for me, it's too easy, you know, in a way. It's disappointing if you just, you know, improvise, but then still you can, you can make a different version of that track every time. Sure. It's always more interesting. And how much so, of your, you never know. 
how much of your live sets became that? Um, playing almost kind of the same thing, having maybe the same set list, but it's a little different every night. Is that kind of how it goes? Well, there was a time that we performed for 12 hours live. Whoa, that's a challenge. Yeah, and there's a video, there's a full video on YouTube. You could watch it. There's nothing, that's amazing. I mean, there, there was something prepared, but of course you could see there was so much just came at the time, at the moment. And I can tell you, like after three, four hours playing live or DJ, what, what, whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, at least for me, my brain starts working in a different way. It's like, I don't know, it's something weird that it happens in the atmosphere. Maybe something you drink, if you drink a bit of alcohol or whatever, is the lights in the club, the sound system. I don't know. At some point, I reach a level like my brain and my ears works, works exactly the same as the sound. Sure. And you, you know, like you break this kind of uh, uh, imaginary barrier and you go over for, you know, like it's a, it's a weird thing. I don't know how to explain. Like, it goes back to the bio biology you were talking about before. We got to dig into this. Yeah. yeah, I think I think there's something with it. I think there's like even like for example, I experienced like you know like I played so many after parties and stuff. Like for example, once you don't sleep that much, yeah, I don't know. It feels magic. Like records, they 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 comes together to each other like super well, super smooth. Then you then you record a set, and the next day you're like, wow, this is. It's amazing. I don't know what it is. It's just like, like not sleeping makes you higher, stuff like that. You know? Sure. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the interview here, but I just wanted to remind everybody about Control Freak Club. Um, so if you haven't heard about it yet, it's Tetra's new lifestyle and apparel brand for music producers, um, people who love MIDI controllers. Um, so just make sure you go and check that out, controlfreakclub.com. Join the club, check out the merch, and just stay tuned for everything that's going to come with that. There'll be plenty more. Um, but let's get back to the interview. Did you ever struggle with the lifestyle of the DJ producer? Like out super late, playing lots of after parties, not getting a ton of sleep? Like what, what was adapting and growing into that lifestyle like? Did you ever struggle with it? Uh, to be honest with you, I loved it. I <laughs> That's loved great. It, of course. Um, I mean, I think like I talk only about my uh, my experience. Like the job is not about playing because you know, for me, I could really play for as long as you want. Sure. I mean, as long as I wish. You know, it, the, the 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 real job is about taking planes. Ah, uh, the you. traveling. Yeah. Yeah, the traveling is killing you because then imagine there was there wasn't here 2016. I also had uh, my girlfriend was not from Italy, so I traveled more and more. Plus doing gigs that year, I think I I, I did like 120 gigs in wow. a year. Yeah, and uh, plus you know like moving for different reasons. And then imagine I, I lived in Bari, in the south of Italy, which is not the main connection so you have to do body wrong right so every weekend it was like four flights and stuff i made a calculation it was a, a, about 400 flights in a year yeah you and must I, really love what you do <laughs> yeah but that was tough like because you know like then you're you're all the time on the plane restaurants hotels i was i was that year like i think 30 days home that's it wow in a year so, you know, like that feeling, 
it can make you sick, like in the head, even like I want to stop with it or you want to take a break. Sure. You know, like if it's too intense, you know, that's it. I mean, that's that you can you can risk that, you know, like try flying all the time, not sleeping. But for the rest, you know, it's it's fine. Once you get there on stage, it's like the best feeling, you know. Absolutely. I guess that that's what drives it for sure. That's really amazing yeah. to hear. I don't know how you do it. I also hear stories about like the DJs who do the the New Year's gigs and you try to play like three gigs on New Year's. So you're constantly like flying back in yeah. time, you know, to other cities. That yeah. that's just crazy. Yeah, um, we've done that. We've done that. <laughs> tell me about that. Do you have a story about that? That would be cool to hear. Yeah, yeah. There was so many times I played. Like for example, in the in the summer, you have it's it's usually happens in Belgium and Holland because they are so close to each other. Yeah. So you play festival in the afternoon there, then you go to Holland, or or the op- the opposite, and then maybe you have in the night you have Istanbul. Whoa. <laughs> you, have to, you have to do three gigs in a day. Which is for me, it's it's insane. But also, you don't realize anything. You don't realize anything because it's you don't have time. So fast, yeah. yeah. Everything is so fast. Right now, I have the feeling I got back to a normal life. Sure. And sometimes I'm like thinking about you know like those times I was like, "Wow, I really did that." I don't even remember. You know, like right. Everything it happened, so, happened fast. so fast. Yeah. yeah. Plus. Another bad thing about this, like once you travel, for example, uh, you don't realize anything because it's summer here. Then you go to a winter place. Oh, yeah. For example, I used to go to Tulum every year. This year I'm not going, but I'm going to Ivory Coast, which is like summer time. So it's hot. So you get there and then you're not leaving the winter like properly. Right. And then you don't know what's happening. It's it's a weird thing, you know, like for sure. Are you, you can get lost with it. Are you completely like dying to get back to it because things have been just so on hold? Yeah, yeah I cannot hide this. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's been too long now. Like uh you know, I mean, I just miss a lot like even even traveling in uh in a safe way. Now I have to I have this gig, I'm still a bit scared, like yeah, I'm gonna get you know, you have to be careful. You cannot hug people. You know, it's 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 not easy. It's, but yeah, it I'm is definitely tough. missing it. Like, yeah. Cool question from Max Wild in the chat. Did you feel it was important for your career to play that much, to gig as often as you did, or were you doing it for financial reasons? Like, were you? Did you ever get to a point where you're turning gigs down, or you just loved it, so you kept taking them, or you like? Yeah. What? Well, I mean, I shouldn't be saying this, but. I never cared too much about the money because com- money always like came and went away because, you know, like these are all my all where my money at. You know, sure. Like records comes things. in and then it goes into the sense. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I never did it for financial reason, to be honest. Like I I'd rather like do something else or, you know, have a, a real job, which I, you know, like, but I did it for the passion mostly. Like I really like to 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 play and to communicate with the crowd you know yeah totally it's it's i don't know for me it's the most important thing also like once once you play for the people you get back to the studio with fresh mind new energy exchange and you can place this into your music that's i think it's uh it's so important right right now I'm struggling myself to make club music, for example. Right. I was going to ask, how has how has this time yeah. being stuck at home affected the writing and what you're making? I mean, like, it's it's uh, 
from one side it's a nice moment to reflect to to think and to you know like uh think what you want to do next where you're gonna go you're doing things right you're doing things wrong other side you want to make music but you know like your mind is not used to this you know lifestyle anymore so when, once i sit down here i make i used to make things a bit more softer and more for the listening which is not bad but of course you know in this time you want to make big track for hopefully when we're going to come back right so it, that's why i said i'm struggling it's not that easy i mean you can do it but if you don't get the crowd feeling it's not totally the same totally do you feel like once this is all over whatever that means once everybody has a vaccine once everybody is safe and can go out again do you feel like it's going to be this renaissance of live music and festivals like is it going to blow up in, in a bigger way because everybody's been stuck so long well no normally in the history after a big crisis there's always like a big uh uh renaissance kind of uh, movement you know? right after the war, after like, I don't know, another like pandemic in the history, there was always like, you know, after like a big, you know, movement to rebuild stuff. And, you know, like there's always a crisis and then there's always like a, a floral period, you know what I mean? Sure. So I, I believe once everything will be done in any way, vaccine or whatever. Yeah. Then, you know, like that's going to be a... Uh, for sure, a gold fever. Like everybody wanna wanna do everything yep. all over the place, and it's you know you should be careful. You should be like finding your, you know, at least having a strategy, how to to fight with that, yeah, and then how to to survive this period. It's not it's not it's not easy. Like lots of people are having troubles with it. I'm luckily I feel good and. I'm I'm fine. I'm working a lot in the studio, but yeah, I have my mind already projected to the next moment. For sure, and, uh, I'm thinking about new stuff, the label, yeah. the releases. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, that's I mean, there is a way. It is sad that, especially for a lot of touring musicians, that it's just not a possibility. But there is. I, I'm grateful that as a musician, there are ways for us to take advantage of time at home you know we can do a lot of things from our home and our home studio so i am grateful yeah. to have that for sure um yeah i'm grateful i mean i'm sad from a side as i said but i'm grateful for some other reasons like even family you know like sure you know you know i i, I mean i'm living like the time when i was a kid i'm now in my place where where i grew up and i lived i was living in barcelona before the the, the pandemic then i had to move here for you know like obvious reasons yeah like it's better to be stuck in italy with my family than you know i've been there and having nothing to do i still have my studio there and things like that but you know like it's it's nice it's nice in a way totally it's not to be alone i mean i can imagine if there are people like alone stuck in their own place without family and stuff that shouldn't be so easy yeah but so also in a way like i wonder how have you felt a different type of connection with people who aren't geographically close? Because I think about us having this conversation right now, like you being yeah. in Italy, me being in California, and I've had countless other conversations where people are just in different parts of the world. And probably before this pandemic, we wouldn't have 
thought it possible to con- we wouldn't have considered connecting like this because we would just focus on the people that are geographically close but i also think there's something special about what's happening now where everybody uses zoom everybody connects no matter where you're at um i think there there's a beauty in that and i think the digital community the global like digital music community is more connected now because it doesn't matter if we all go to the same festival or if we all go to the same place we can connect like this you know Yeah, I mean, like, like for sure, this period like cuts down like all the distances, yeah. like even more, and it made it like, you know, it the, like, like the 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 online things are are they got developed like so f- much faster, you know, like so you have you have less distance and you know like everything it, it can happen so fast right now like after after this period you know like we i think we will still be using all these tools sure to, i mean i think we in the industry we were already using this because you know like for example i had my manager in berlin or barcelona and we had to in a way having meetings online regularly like sometimes you could you could fly in and meet them or For example, once you have Sona or this kind of festival or AD, yeah. then you have meeting like proper meetings. But in, in the meanwhile, you have to you have to be in touch with your agency, with your booker, with your manager, blah yep. blah. And then you know, like we already use this, but right now, like everybody is like ready to use this tools. So which is which it makes interesting in yeah. a way, you know. Make some things more efficient for sure. We have uh, uh, somebody from the chat is asking about your favorite analog gear. Can we get maybe a, like a walkthrough of some of the analog gear you've got over uh, there? Well, like my my favorite analog gear, it's always been and it's always gonna be the the one one. Oh, okay. 100%. What do you like about yeah. it? I like that it's simple. I like that it's like one of my first serious synth that like it changed my life. It's the same, like a lot of artists I love, they use, uh, yeah, it's, it's just the best, you know. That's awesome. You can, you can do so many things with it. You can do uh, the sound of the 80s, you can do techno, you can do electronic, you can do ambient, you can do whatever you want with that. Sure. I think people are curious about all the gear that's by your side. If you want to just like talk about how, yeah. like, like, is this just your general like at home setup? Like, are you using yeah, all this my, stuff together? This my, yeah, this is my home setup. Uh, I've um, I've got uh, I bought a new stock of synths. It's gonna come soon. Oh, like I, I bought like a lot of stuff. Uh, I should get it like in a few weeks. But right now I, I have, maybe I can, I don't know if I can take my phone and show the... If you can do it without disconnecting it, that would be cool. Ah, uh, yeah, I'll try. Wait a second. All right. Bear with us, folks, because if, if we have a little technical issue, we'll solve it. Don't worry. But, whoa, we just caught the, another angle that I had never even noticed before. Yeah. So this is my studio, my home studio. I already showed someone. Yes. Uh, this is the side you were watching, but then, of course... You have another side with the modular. Whole other side. Uh, yeah. That's a dream. Speakers. Yeah. And then I have my record uh, side with the with turntables. The famous one, the one I bought when I was a kid. Sure. Uh, wait a sec. Um, so yeah. Here I have a DX7, which is like a super cool synth from the 80s. I really like. It's uh, It's used for, you know, like... It's an FM synthesizer, you know, like 
some of the biggest hits like Take On Me from the 80s was made from this one. Yep. Uh, you know, Depeche Mode used a lot. It's, it's just, you know, like, I love this one because uh, it sounds familiar to me. So sometimes I use it for making tracks. Yeah. Then I have my Moog, the one I really love. Um, it sounds like a beast. Another FM synthesizer here, like nice one, Volca. Uh, TR8S, like, uh, you know, drum machine, main drum. And I have uh, analog rhythm. This Yamaha DX, uh, DX200, which is another FM synthesizer, more like a groove box. You're big into FM synths. Yeah. Uh, 101, like a small one. It's a mixer. Uh, the push speaker. I have the uh, uh, X77, like my sound card. This one is another another thing that I love. It's Novation. Base station. station. Yep. Really love it. Then I have the Blofeld, Blofeld, super creamy synth with a super nice filter. Awesome. 303, no cost, small module. Then I have uh, my module. There it is. Yeah, another F FM module here. <laughs> Just <laughs> to keep it interesting. And then some other stuff. Like I have this one, which is uh, Atlantis. It's, uh, it's like... Uh, one-on-one emulation like it's a model oh okay sounds like exactly like in the one-on-one and then that's it that's like amazing like, yeah this is like my small <laughs> home studio that's and then yeah a bedroom studio no less uh, yeah that's and, my bed yes that's where i sleep <laughs> oh how to have a bedroom like that i'm sure people in the chat are losing yeah, it about that i just woke up in the morning and then jump in you just roll over and boom you're you're playing a synth that's amazing i wonder since i saw the push there like there's so much hardware obviously but i saw the push so i'm wondering because you talked about reason before um is ableton an important part of your workflow now like your production workflow well, Ableton it makes it makes things really easy at the at the moment for me. I mean, since so many years, like because I use Ableton like a a big analog system kind of. I make uh, I make some interactions with the uh, uh, Max for Life and you know like implementations. Sure. Uh, I used to you know layer effects, group things up. And you know it, it works well for me also for sound design when I want you know want someone to reach a certain sound I have in my head you know yeah um, so Ableton is like it's it's really it's the best for me. Are you also using it um, during live sets beyond production? No, no, no. not no. at all. Just all hardware no. still. Yeah. No, okay. No. Cool. Yeah. Also, like when I make music, I I don't use that much like plugins and stuff. Just maybe for mixing, but you know, like mostly I record everything from the machines, and then I tweak it a little bit. Like maybe uh, Ableton is really interesting when you, when you want to work with uh, audio files. You mm -hmm. can transpose. You can you know like you have the transient things down yeah. there. You can make really interesting uh, rhythmical you know things in the back. Sure. And uh, yeah. Very cool. It's super quick and. For me, I really like it. Yes. Um, 
we're coming close to the end here. I want to talk a little bit about your pro sessions that you have coming up. Um, so yeah. for folks who don't know, the link is in the description to join the pro sessions. There's some early bird tickets available still. Um, but do you want to talk us through like what you've got planned for that? Like what's going on for your pro sessions? Yeah, basically I'll be talking about uh, my way of making music. I'll go through my uh, uh, creative process. Like, uh, there was something interesting I want to explain the the guys out there. I was like, you know, like once uh, the guys from 343 asked me, like, what, what are the arguments you want to talk about? I told them, like, um, discover the hidden sound that surrounds yourself. That's amazing. That means that means exactly discover the hidden sound is in your room next to you or, you know, like, and, you know, like, because I, ma I made a track that is going to be released soon on... Um, uh, Maceoplex label, uh, which which is is made basically by me recording the sound of uh, you know like the vacuum uh, robot cleaner. Yes, I love that. Yeah, so I just place the microphone up there and record all of the sound. When once you turn on the thing, then you know like moving it around, and then you know like I imported the sound in Beatport um, in uh, Ableton. I tweaked it a bit then adding some effects on top and then i made the, i made the track which is really special to me because it was a kind of you know like it was a kind of moment that was a bit angry and blah blah then you know this came out and then it was like oh this is interesting so this this is like for sure like an interesting uh kind of uh uh topic to talk yeah. about because sometimes you know like once you're not you're like a new producer a young where to start but the possibilities are like really a lot there's yeah. no there's a never ending it's a never ending thing you know like you could you could go from you know you could even record your voice and I yeah. Was, yeah you know like yeah so many i think it sounds like it's perfect for folks who are you know locked up locked inside and need yeah. like some inspiration also for some beginners that need help unlocking the sound but also not exclusively for beginners too it seems like anybody who kind of needs some inspiration and, and is curious about your workflow and and how you create your music uh it sounds like yeah. those people would all be very interested so folks can check out the link in the description it's this weekend right it's coming up yeah it's uh saturday and sunday saturday uh, and two sunday hour, two hours two days Great. workshop i'm really looking forward for, to it you know like yeah you know it, it's good for me to 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 make a difference in the activities i do from my place right making music but also like explaining and sharing the knowledge with the people and I it's mean, interactive was, too which i think is great yeah yeah so people could ask me things and you know like i was always like like um a bad opinion about showing the secret and stuff right in my studio. but then in the end uh in the end, you have to be you have to be good yourself, and then always like reinvent yourself. But so I thought, why not? I can you know like it's okay to share things with the with the with the guys. Absolutely, so they can make they can be creative and make their, their own. They always be they they always gonna be themselves. You know, it's just you know a matter of sharing methods and ideas. Yeah, you know, I'm. I'm here for it. I'm so happy to hear that. Make sure you all check out the link in the description for the pro sessions happening this weekend. If you're watching this later, for whatever reason, we'll have a recorded version of that up as well that you can get as uh, in addition to the live version. Um, but Fideli, 
Thank you so much for this interview. Thank you, buddy, for having me. This was very was inspiring. Yeah, and I, it seems like lots of folks in the chat are um, finding it interesting and insightful. So I want to take a minute and thank everybody who stayed and watched today. Thank you all so much. And uh, make sure you do check out that link. All the links that you need are in the description. We've got the link to the pro sessions that's happening this weekend. Earlier bird tickets still available, so I suggest you sign up for that soon. Um, all of Fidelis. Social links and music links are in that link tree link in the description down below, as well as a link to 343labs.com where you can take other classes in addition to our pro sessions. Um, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you for having me, buddy. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Make sure you check the description down below for Fidelis Linktree. Check out everything that he's doing right now and all the music he's put out in the past. There's quite a bit of it. Um, also, again, check out controlfreakclub.com. And remember that at youtube.com slash Tatro every Tuesday, you can either hear another one of these interviews live or a call-in show for music producers to ask Tatro just whatever questions you may have about your journey as a music producer but that is going to be it for today thanks for listening to another episode of tatro radio